We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball. You're joining us for a episode of Kirk, Your Enthusiasm. I'm joined by my friend, Ryan Morton. Um, if you're really just follow the Mavs, you probably have no idea who he is, but I don't care. He's my favorite Cavs follow because I have been a big fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers because we're coming on the uh, – we just passed like the 10-year anniversary of, of Cavs for Mavs when Cavs fans desperately supported <laughs> – desperately supported the Mavericks as they went to the finals so like that year in 2011 like I found all these dudes that were like huge huge Cavs fans that hated LeBron and so uh I've got to know like all these people the last decade or so and Ryan is one of them Ryan runs social media I I I never I never was Cavs for Mavs no but you know 10 years ago is a long time but I know like Justin and some of those weirdos (laughs) no this is like really funny because like they're just all those people who absolutely hated LeBron um and Love and me. Ryan runs the social media for Fear the Sword, and if you ever followed them, that the, if you if you see somebody just ruthlessly dunking on on mean Celtics idiots, it's probably Ryan. Uh, <laughs> but how you doing today, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. I I might have been a little miscast there for a moment. For a um, moment, not yet. But I, I, this is I why I know remember, all these cats. I only people. remember LeBron James winning a title. I don't remember any anything. <laughs> Or, you don't remember him leaving? Nothing? No, you just blanked uh, that whole thing leaving. Out. Well, he went to the Lakers after he won the title. Mm, um, mm. I, that's it. Yeah, I don't – nothing else rings a bell. I don't know what to tell you. Well, so we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving, but what we're going to talk about holds true because this is probably going to roll out, I think, Monday morning. Um, I don't know what day that is. I should probably have that off. That, the, the, the Cavs and the Mavs play each other on Monday the 29th, and that's when this will come out um the Mavericks are done until Thanksgiving break is is over kind of get a three-day gap here then they play uh the Wizards Saturday and when we're talking right now the the Cavs get the matchup against the Suns who are just cooking with gas lately uh and then they'll play the Magic and then the Mavericks so unless like some sort of like 
another drastic injury befalls the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're probably what we're talking about today will probably be valid in, in three days from now. So first thing I wanted to ask you is how has the season gone? Because up until these, these rash of injuries and, and is this something that you would have predicted or what, what were your feelings going into the season? And then like, where are they now? Um, so we had, uh, a few of my buddies, um, that cover the Cavs were in town, I think for game three against, did they play the Bulls that night? I don't remember who they played, but for the third game of the year, they came in and they had just, you know, got destroyed by the Grizzlies and the Hornets and were like, man, this is a stretch. It was the Hawks. Yeah, it was the Hawks game. Um, it, I thought they could go zero for ten. Like I, I really thought they could lose ten straight <laughs> games, um, just because. Like I mean, for three years, that's kind of just been who they are, and because I mean, they they just looked awful. So I don't think anybody predicted nine and nine. Now they started nine and five, so nine and nine is a mild disappointment. But I mean, you lost Evan Mobley, you lost. Jared Allen for a few games. You lost Colin Sexton for the year. Uh, Jetty Osmond hasn't played the last two or three games because of back spasms. You lost Kevin Love and Lowry Markin into COVID. Uh, oh, you know. COVID. Okay. I don't think I knew that. I don't think I remembered that one. Yeah. Yeah. Love and Markin both missed a couple weeks because COVID. And so, you know, the Cavs were blown up all offseason because they had like 13 centers. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they're starting uh ed davis and dean wade (laughs) so before the injuries hurt or basically blew things up what was working because there was something like like the mavericks also have like eight centers but none of them are good except for porzingis and i know how you feel about him so they're still playing really good basketball and what works is jared allen and evan mobley the rookie of the year by the way um are both unique in their ability that they can both switch on the perimeter, mobile especially so, and they can both protect the rim at an elite rate. So having two guys that are that massive and can defend pretty capably two through five, um, Allen is, is not as comfortable on the wing, but I mean, he's just so freaking huge yeah. that, I mean, then you play marketing at the three, and it sounds like it should never possibly work. Right now they're playing Dean Wade, who he went to Kansas State and was uh, a sounds power like forward a, there. He, he sounds <laughs> like an NBA 2K creative player. Right. Dean Wade. He's, he's a six foot ten power forward from Kansas State. Um, and they're playing him at the three now just because, like, those two are so big that it somehow makes it possible for them to – play another big guy at the three because they just do everything like they they cut they can switch out they can both protect the rim uh, and that's kind of the the engine that drives the whole thing um and Mobley hopefully will be back soon he's practicing now so so that's the defense how the heck are they scoring points though because that's some odd like that's some odd fit offensively <laughs> at the least <laughs> well yeah so uh the uh, well Last night they played, or two nights ago they played the Nets, and that was the first time they scored 100 points since Colin Sexton went down. Ah. So how they're scoring is not well. Um, 
how they go about scoring not incredibly well is you're getting a lot of points from Darius Garland. You're getting, I mean, Darius Garland has a skill set like a lot of the other popular young guards now. I mean, he can pull up from anywhere on the floor. He can get by anybody. Um, he, you know, had a terrible shooting night a few nights ago, but for the most part, he's he's really blown up this year. And then Ricky Rubio is shooting like 45% on pull-up threes. It makes it no sense. While sporting probably the sports world's best beard, just just a <laughs> remarkable beard. Like like people who haven't seen Rubio because he's just been in our basketball lives forever. Right. He 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 looks like Joe. I think Joe Mangino. Like he just he, he's he's like impossibly handsome for this guy who used to be kind of like a dorky child, and he now he's like a bachelor contestant. Like, yes. <laughs> And he's uh, yeah, so he's shooting the ball real well. That's that was because didn't he have like like nine threes in a game earlier this year? He had I think seven or eight. He scored thirty six on maybe the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Like they beat, I mean they beat the Nuggets, they beat the Clippers, they should have beat the Lakers. Um, the last three games were Nets, Warriors, Nets, which has not been fun. But they were in all three of those and and have only themselves to blame for losing them. And uh, Jetty Osmond is another reason that they managed to miraculously score on occasion because he's having a bounce back here. And other than that, you know what you're missing and what hopefully on Monday will be back. Evan Mobley is an amazing passer. Like I, I think one of the things nobody was ready for is that he has not like a Nikola Jokic, but uh, I think Chris Weber. I see a lot of Chris Weber. Like okay. He dribbles like a guard. He handles like a guard. They run uh, pick and roll and or zone bust. Teams are playing zone since they're not great shooters. And Evan Mobley in the center of the floor is an amazing playmaker, especially for his size. Um, so I really hope he's playing Monday that, you know, so people can witness that. And also so maybe the Cavs can play some good basketball. But that's I mean, that's the thing that makes it work is, you know, just they pass the ball really well. They have an identity. They can't really shoot great, but I mean, they play hard as hell too. Well, I need some more Mobley swooning. So one of the things about being a Cavs fan for the last 20 years means you've seen some really incredible top five talent pass through just because of the nature of the ping pong balls. So let's say, you know, barring the the one really bad pick. So you got LeBron, you got Kyrie, you got, um, and now you have uh, a Evan Mobley. Is there anybody else that I'm missing that's been like unbelievable over the years? Um, recent? No, I mean they drafted Brad Doherty. No, no, great. but that's been re- I mean yeah, recent, that's, kind that's of in our in our really like adult fanhood. So, no. I, guess, I mean they they you know LeBron, Tristan Thompson, Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins. This is a good one. Yeah, Tristan um, took a while, but he was pretty good. Where I guess my, I guess my question was evolving towards understanding like nobody's passing LeBron James. Where does uh where does Mobley rank relative to like a guy like Kyrie uh comparatively in terms of just yeah, uh, in your brain, like like in terms of your fandom, but and then as well as like watching him play and what you think he might be able to do for the team. At the same spot, second. He's okay. he's the best player this early 
that they've drafted other than LeBron James. Mm. Now, having a career as good as Kyrie's, even though he's kind of a weirdo, is hard because Kyrie was an immensely gifted offensive player who did not pass very well and was a massive negative on defense for a few years, you know, as a young player. Mm-hmm. Mobley's a good defensive player as a rookie. He might be one of the better defensive players in the league. Yeah, I, I, he, he's got to be an all-NBA <laughs> consideration at, at a certain like, point. He's like, that good. So, yeah. So having a two-way impact, I mean, he's he's stepping into threes now. He's hitting pull-up 15-footers, you know, over bigger defenders, like well, over, you know, taller, not bigger than him, but just taller guys. Um, Kyrie didn't have the two-way impact immediately. He was not an amazing scorer off the bat, but he didn't have a two-way impact. So at the same stage in their career, only LeBron James has been better than mm-hmm. Evan Mobley. But, you know, and you would think that by the time it's all said and done, nobody other than LeBron should be better than how he looks. But, you know, you have to have a lot of luck and a lot of success to pass a guy like Kyrie, who is the top five offensive player in the league, has been pretty much his whole career. And major, I mean, he, an amazing final series. Like, you, mm-hmm. it takes a lot to good to, resume, to right? That. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So there's there's a couple more specific Cavs questions, and I wanted to pivot just to some matchup based stuff. So, what did what was lost when when uh, Colin Sexton hurt himself? Like, what changes for the team, and what do they have to kind of deal with the fact he's not going to be there for the rest of the year? Well, you miss some shooting. I mean, he's a good shooter. You miss kind of a a random like a chaos element Mm. you know he's a guy so the Cavs have two ball handlers Ricky Rubio and Darius Garland and that's it like they don't you know they run high posts with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley Lowry Markkinen can dribble He, he actually does a lot more I think not many people watch the Bulls I mean who would before this right. year um I certainly was not very excited <laughs> So, you know, and part of it's like, hey, we're, we're you're here. I got to find a way to enjoy this. But uh, he's a little better than I expected in every other aspect of the game, uh, other than his obvious deficiencies in rebounding and post play. Um, and really just like fast break, like the Cavs are just an army of limbs and they force <laughs> they force a lot of deflections and they block a lot of shots and having the fastest man on the court, you know, is, is really beneficial when you're getting, you know, you have loose balls everywhere. And he's someone who really warps the defense. You know, he messes up your ability to get back and match up properly because he's already on the other side of the court and he's constantly attacking. So they miss a lot of an unpredictable element that kind of tells, you know, that kind of can take the top mm-hmm. off the defense and and get guys really uncomfortable as far as when they're trying to set up or just getting by guys. I mean, he's one of the fastest players to the rim. He can get by most people. So when you have off shooting nights, like that's a good way to force the issue. And they've they've missed that a lot. They've like I said, they've only scored 100 points one time since he went down. And he so should be back. And 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 so now that that he's out, but Mobley should be coming back for the Mavs game by that Hopefully. time. We think. You would hope. I mean, he he's been practicing. They, okay. you know, um, so he's a sprained elbow, and the team was releasing practice videos. He's shooting, cutting, dribbling. So, I mean, 
I would think if he's doing that in practice with the guys, that that means he should be close to a return. Right. Right. Which is, mm. I mean, Monday's five days, yeah. six days from now, five. Yeah. So it I would seems hope. reasonable. Right. Yeah. yeah. Get a little holiday rest. It's been about two weeks now, so I think he well, should be on track. And I don't, I don't really get time to do a lot of like preview stuff just because of the way the schedule works out. But I wanted to actually talk to you specifically because I think these Mavs and Cavs games are really fun because one of the like things that we forget about every time the Mavericks go to Cleveland is that up in Cleveland and the kind of surrounding area, there's actually in the Midwest generally, there is like a huge Slovenian and those neighboring countries population and people turn out the largest Slovenian population outside of Slovenia. I remember Luca's rookie year. It was nuts. And, and, and that's like, like that sort of environment brings out, you know, if the Cavs are competitive, which they clearly are being, you know, nine and nine right now, like this could be like one of these really electric games because Luca sometimes has a hard time getting it up for a particular, you know, like a Monday night contest in the middle of, of November. Right. He's just the competitive nature in him. Like he needs something. He's, he, he's a little too young for this. It drives me crazy, but there's just games where he doesn't give a shit. And I, I, one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to this one is I think he will. Um, because I also think the, the opportunity to go against the aforementioned army of limbs is going to be a really interesting test for Dallas because uh their numbers they're they're 10 and 7 right now but their numbers and this drives our fan base crazy when i talk about this but like they're not very good like they're kind of the back third of the league in a lot of instances particularly offensively so running into the the army of limbs is is going to be very fun to watch because luca loves seeking out switches and there's not a lot of <laughs> po- like if you're all six ten guys like what are we switching on to so so right. I I think that'll that'll be a lot of fun. Is there anything like from your angle that 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 you're looking forward to watching in in this particular game? I mean, I know you're Luca. I know you're not a Porzingis fan as as <laughs> none of my friends are. No, I, I, Luca obviously is one of the best, and I I hope you know. And the Cavs, I mean, I've been in the arena when the Mavs are here. And the people, you know, they've got the flags, like they're out, they're chanting anthems I can't understand, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's great. The, the energy's great. Um, Giannis is kind of a similar thing. Like we, mm. we have a huge Greek population here too. And they're, they're two of the most fun guys when they come in because you get, it's kind of almost like a soccer environment. Like you get a lot of people that have, just a vibe that most American sports don't. They're singing, chanting, dancing the whole time. They have the, you know, it, you know, mm-hmm. flag, Greek flag. And it's, it's awesome. And I mean, he's always worth the price of admission. Like I love watching Luca play. So that would be it. You know, the second thing would be, I guess just like morbid curiosity about how they look like Jason Kidd. It was not something I think will go well um yeah you got to watch him as a bucks coach you know yeah yeah the Mavs really give me some deja vu as far as uh oh you got to get that take off i want to hear this sorry like this was please please share like you just you murdered me with this about a week ago and i've not been able to get out of my head and and the people who listen to this podcast will actually like it so please please the 2000 okay every time i look at the maps and i've only watched a couple games this year um but all summer like you're watching who you're looking at the roster the 2008 Cavs energy is amazing 
and off the charts. Like the Mavs, to me, and I, and this is one thing I'm I'm excited to watch. They don't have. Do they have a two way player? Like, do they have? You know, like is Tim Hardaway Jr. their second best player? Right now, but, earnestly, Porzingis is playing like he's really he's, he's had well. eight, he's had eight games in a row of twenty five and ten. Like he looks unbelievable. I am just keeping my fingers crossed, and I can't say I don't want to say anything negative because I don't want to jinx it. Like like it's he's okay. in one of those hot stretches that people talk okay. about for the rest. You know, right. that define the other parts of his career. So that would be really fun to play because I mean Jared Allen is a beast. I mean, Jerry, he's been giving people. That's what I'm looking forward to. Year. Like, like <laughs> Porzingis really likes giving it to smaller guys, but bigger dudes he he has a hard time with because he has he has he, he has a high center of gravity. So I think that part right. will be will be pretty fun because he's what he's been doing, and this is part, you know, this is part that he's he's not been doing the shit that drove me crazy. He's attacking the rim. It is he is dribbling with his right hand. Like he's not doing the you know, stuff where he's posting on Marcus Smart and Marcus Smart shoving him into the crowd because he, he loves to fade away. <laughs> like, he's actually being the seven-foot-three guy. It's been remarkably fun. Right. Yeah, and so, I mean, he can play this Adrenus Ogaskis role. So so this Cavs team, you know, they they traded. Both Paxton brothers should be in prison. Um <laughs> <laughs> The the fact that both of them were allowed to run teams for as long as they did is a federal crime. Um, <laughs> so they traded a first rounder for Yuri Welsh, and obviously oh, no. that didn't work out. They drafted LeBron. That. Yeah, they drafted LeBron. The following year, their first round pick was Luke Jackson. Uh, he hurt his back. That was the 10th overall pick. That didn't work out. They let Boozer, Carlos Boozer, out of his contract. So then they had to trade picks along with whoever the hell to get Anderson Verjao, Drew Gooden, and Tony Batie, which was a great trade, amazing trade. Um, I mean, they're playing guys like Kedrick Brown. They're playing David Wesley at the end of his career. <laughs> like they, they didn't have – they had Anderson Verjao, who was an energy guy. They had Drew Gooden, who was Dwight Powell with a bad haircut. They had – you know, J. Oh, J. R. Brimmer was terrible. Eric Snow, like they had this this mismatch of guys you could play to play defense, guys you could play to play offense, and literally nobody you could trust to do both things other than LeBron James and Zdrunas Olgaskis. And then they signed Larry Hughes just to make that whole thing a lot worse. Um, and then they didn't have any prospects. They had like nothing. There's no young players. There's no. I mean, we made Booby Gibson a legend because we yeah. didn't have a damn choice. <laughs> Texas, yeah, North Texas legend Booby Gibson. He played I mean, around here. He was uh, he, he was, was an great. unreal. Pl- yeah, but he was also like five foot. He was like five foot eleven shooting guard. Yeah, you know he was, and I mean he was. We 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 pushed him higher than he needed to be. Right. You know, he was like a, a really fun, really good NBA, really solid NBA role player, and we're like, yes, this is our third star. Booby Gibson, and that's where the Mavs comparisons come in because there's just a whole bunch of that going on. Like, yeah, you know, okay, we got Porzingis, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., and yeah, Jalen Brunson can score. Brunson's um, been dope. You're gonna like watching Brunson against yeah. the tall guys is gonna be a riot. He's like he he he's like a running back that gets like three yards in a cloud of dust and then can pull up from thirty feet. He's entertaining. <laughs> so, um, 
man, yeah. And then like, I don't know, does Josh Green do anything? Like, what does he? Uh, do? He he has right. yet he has played like a grand total of forty two minutes all year. He he <laughs> might as he's just a, he's a, he's he's uh, he he might be okay. We have no idea. So Moses Brown, more of they, an idea than a player. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's the, this that that's why this game will be fun because you know what I've their their point differential despite being 10 and maybe maybe it's plus now let me look on espn but the last time i looked the mavericks point differential was still negative despite being 17 games into the season and three games above 500 and i try to explain to people and nobody (laughs) nobody wants to hear me on this like that's That's not actually difficult to do yeah they're fourth in the west with a negative point differential like that's impossible And it's, it, but I mean, obviously they're doing it. So it's like that this game should be a really, it's, it's going to be a, they're playing both Washington and Cleveland who are, um, you know, even if Washington falls back to the pack, playing mid range teams is going to be very important to figure out how good the Mavericks actually are. Because so far, if you look at their schedule, they've either played really good teams or really bad teams and kind of nothing in the middle. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this one. Well, I've taken more of your time than I said I would, but uh, thank you for hanging out. Do you got anything else you want to get off your chest? I really love that 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 old Cavs are like. I mean, I just I hate looking at the two teams and basketball reference side by side, and it's like, oh god, this is this is it. This is like <laughs> 2006 to 2008 Cavs. Awesome, dude. It's it's there. Um, I would just love the Cavs to play some bad teams. Like their schedule's stupid and insane. I'm excited for the Orlando Magic. Um, also, Darius Garland might not play Monday. So there's the thing. Uh, okay. He got elbowed in the face the other night. He might mm. not play tonight. So he might not play Monday. I play Saturday. You never know. All our pets have been falling off. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much for joining me. This has been Kirk Henderson and Ryan Morton. Uh, join me after the show or after the game for the uh, green room and for our podcast and that sort of stuff. You guys know what to do. Everybody have a good Monday.